Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Jay Kirschman, and we're going to talk about how one really develops a career in the business of sports. And we're sort of taking a walk a bit backwards, taking a step back to take two forward. Uh, so far, um, on all of the different podcasts that people have listened into, we have tried to go in a wide array of business perspectives. Um, it's pretty difficult, however, to have a business perspective or a career perspective unless you have a career. And uh, Jake and I didn't know each other until we really started talking about the book project, The 20 Secrets to Success for NCAA student-athletes who won't go pro. And that led to an actual book coming out that people are buying and hopefully is providing a positive service. And then that led to, based upon Jake's enthusiasm and being uh, buttoned up and having a strategy to talk about what we're doing in life in the front office and having the relationship with Fred Clare, Pat Gallagher, Jake, and myself, um, we're off and running. It might be beneficial for Jake to take a moment uh, to talk about his path in the business so far. And then we'll get into what are some of the significant mileposts, opportunities, and challenges that one faces uh, when trying to become a legend. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, clearly, I'm, I'm definitely not at that legendary status like the three of you guys are. So definitely have a ways to go. And, and I've enjoyed you know, doing the podcast uh, as your host you know, so far through 2018. I think we started back in mid-September. And it's, you know, as I was in Arizona over the break, I was kind of thinking and reflecting about, you know, we've really, we've done 15 episodes. We've brought on some great people. We've, we've had Rick Welts on, we've had Buffy Philippow, Rick White, Bill Schumard, you know, the three legends and yourself and Fred Clare and Pat Gallagher. We recently had Brent Show, uh, Stacy Slaughter from the Giants. So we've really had, like you said, an array of, of, you know, fantastic guests on, and, and we have a plan for, for obviously a lot more uh, to come on. And, and Bill Schlau, will, CIO of the Giants, will be coming on in a couple of weeks. And we were emailing back and forth, and he suggested that uh, we learn about the host a little bit. And I said, oh, that's probably a decent idea, you know, I, I guess. Uh, and so... Yeah, the one great thing about Bill, who is a good friend of Pat Gallagher's and mine, uh, Fred knows him, is Bill actually gets it, right? So the three legends or the three Sopranos or whatever the heck we're called, the three students, Mo, Manny, and Jack, or Mo, Larry, and Curly, I was like, well, let's talk about Jake because this is all about career development. And, you know, let's talk about how this all starts. So uh, Schlau, who's made a bunch of news of his own lately with the Giants announcing the building of a new super-duper scoreboard at AT&T, which we'll talk to him about in the next few weeks. But this really goes back to all of the people that are listening that want to get involved in this business, and not just involved, but want to think about a career path. And so, Jake, when 
what was your sort of aha moment that you started thinking about a business position in the world of sports? Yeah, I think it was back in my sophomore year of college. I was playing collegiate baseball at the University of Redlands, and I had had gone through kind of a traumatic uh, shoulder injury where the doctor said I I could either try and figure out how to throw submarine or or not pitch anymore, and that kind of hit me square in the face and said, well, that that dream of going pro, which was, let's just face it, 0% likely anyways, was definitely not going to happen, which Fast forward a couple of years, spearheaded the book that we wrote. But, you know, I think it was one of those things where I said, okay, I really enjoy baseball. I really enjoy sports. I played it all, you know, all the years growing up. And what do I want to do with my life is a loaded question when you're a sophomore in college. Um, I took advantage of the, the situation. I really started to network with people and uh, in the business and was fortunate enough to get my start with the Inland Empire 66ers doing uh, an internship. They were the single A affiliate baseball team uh, for the Angels at the time. And I got to be one of their marketing interns and, and really got to work with every department across the board uh, for a semester and, and into the spring a little bit when I wasn't um, at games. And so that was my first experience, really enjoyed it. And kind of asked myself the question, how do I get into different opportunities? And, and then through some networking, got to the Ontario Reign, which was a minor league hockey team down the road, did an internship with them, and um, fast forward to making some more connections through Fred. Uh, I, I connected with Bill Schumard, who we had, he had had on the podcast as our first guest, and I think we shared the story of, of working for the Rose Bowl and how I got that. And so I had all of a sudden in, in a year, year and a half, you know, generated some experience on the business side, sales, marketing, operations, uh, which exposed me to a lot and a lot of people. And so it kind of took off from there. But that aha moment was actually uh, my shoulder injury, realizing I got to figure something out before it's too late. So you were you were throwing, I mean, scouts told me you were throwing between 98 and 102 miles an hour. Is that correct? Uh, when you were at I might take like 25 miles an hour off of that, but, you know, close enough. Um, I think, okay. yeah. Uh, so it was in double figures. It was in double figures yeah. uh, in terms of speed. So two quick ones I always like to talk about, Minutia. Um, the 66ers, does that come from Route 66 or where? You know, that's actually a great question. Um, we changed our mascot when I was there at the time, and it used to be a Route 66 sign, and then they changed it to this, mascot looking thing with a with a wrench so uh, i don't know actually to be honest but uh i might have to do my digging in the research um i'm assuming it had to do with route 66 would be my guess uh yeah i don't know and i always like to know the you know the the trivial in life there's also a company that Phillips Petroleum, I think at one time was Phillips 66 mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that had something to do with it. So I guess that's your homework assignment or anybody that's listening that knows the 66ers and why they are not the 76ers um, or the 49ers. Um, the other one was you talked about the Ontario Rain. I'm guessing that was R E I G N. Correct. Is that correct? Yep. 
Okay. And what did that come from? That's another great question. You know, I, I, uh, I probably should have brushed up on my mask. That was what he's talking. Well, you know, what's funny is, is our mascot at the time was this like dragon looking thing. And uh, he was actually the same mascot we had at the 66ers, ironically enough. So we had the same guy playing two different characters. Um, I think it had something to do with, you know, L.A. being the Kings affiliate uh, at the time. And I think it was the ECHL. Um, yeah, okay. I would say the Kings and the Reign, a King Reigns. And yeah, okay. Something like that. A that, derivative of uh, some sort. Well... We'll agree that that is logical. 66ers will answer that question in a future episode. Um, and that also points out where uh, when individuals, men and women, uh, who've moved to these positions with teams, leagues, events, etc., and uh, younger people are interviewing them, networking, it's hard to imagine, although it's very simple, to say, well, you're here at the L.A. Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants or the Montreal Canadiens. It never starts out that way or rarely does. And so whether it's a sport that nobody ever heard about, like box lacrosse or the 66ers or all manner of teams, especially in baseball, that have nicknames in the minors that aren't even the nicknames of real things or animals um, or broadcasters also have an incredible roadmap of places that they started, sure. you know, before they ended up on national TV. Um, did you ever think as you were manning some of these posts that, um, Maybe I just stay off the radar, you know, and stay in this level or I'm going to move up uh, the ladder to positions and entities that more people know about and would pay me more money. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the cross or the thought always crosses your mind. But uh, for me, the goal was to get as many different experiences as I possibly could. I, you know, I think just back to minor league sports and baseball and hockey to the Rose Bowl, which is obviously a very well-known uh, entity to work for Special Olympics. I then worked for a, a strength and conditioning center, which then brought me to uh, working for a local high school as a coach. And then I went to work for the Diamondbacks and the Mariners, which were obviously MLB teams being more uh, in, in that light of what you're talking about. I went and worked for the Arizona Fall League, which most people don't know about, but the avid baseball fans do. And that's actually run by Major League Baseball. And then I was able to make my way uh, here to Purdue, um, where coming from Arizona, I didn't know as much about uh, Purdue or, or even being in California, going from undergrad to, to graduate school, not knowing much about Ohio. Uh, I always got asked, oh, you're going to Ohio State? No, I'm actually going an hour and a half south, east of, you know, Ohio State. So uh, I think it was a combination of both. It was like, what's out there? Let's let's just learn as much as I possibly can. 
And most people are not aware of this, but you developed the game plan for the Boilermakers that beat the Buckeyes this year. Is that correct? I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, actually, okay. in, in, in sadder news, uh, we would all attribute the game plan to Tyler Trent, uh, who just recently mm-hmm. passed. So um, passing that message along, and, and I shoot, he was the one who predicted the Ohio State uh, defeat uh, by the Purdue Boilermakers. So I'd toss it up to him. And you you mentioned, uh, and everybody's heard it to the point of, yeah, okay, we know that these men and women in the industry all started out in different places. So uh, I came from a meeting uh, earlier today with uh, an individual who works for Florida State University's sports management program. And a number of their students are up here in Santa Clara working the college football championship game, which takes place Monday at Levi's Stadium. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we talked about, well, what are they doing? And, you know, ultimate gopher jobs, ultimate jobs where you're getting dirty. And the point is, whether you're driving, whether you're picking stuff up, whether you're a runner, Oh, um, you know, there's the president of the NCAA. Oh, there's the chancellor of this school. Oh, there's this, you know, pro player who's in town to do a seminar. Um, Oh, there's this celebrity who's in town because he or she, you know, was a fanatic uh, graduate of Clemson or Bama. That's really the magic, which isn't magical. And how many individuals probably passed on the opportunity to come to Santa Clara to work and really mean work and do everything and the kind of connections that they are making right now and will make through Tuesday when they're cleaning up um, with these opportunities that... um, big events have when they're looking at massive numbers of bodies coming from schools and local communities to help them out. Everybody wants to sit with the chairman, the president, the big poobah, but you really stand a much greater chance if you're doing a lot of the dirty work to meet everybody on the terms that they really started on. Have you seen that? Yeah, personally? actually a funny story. I, when I was working for the Rose Bowl, uh, I was a concierge intern, and so that consisted of kind of overseeing the, the customer service side of their premium loge lounge in, in their pavilion, um, famously named after the Terry Donahue Pavilion. And sure enough, Terry Donahue was in the suite, and whatever Terry Donahue needed, Terry Donahue got. Uh, and that was kind of my job. And so I got to know Terry, who then brought up Troy Aikman and you know some other folks, and then there there's this guy sitting at his own table uh, off to the side and I went and introduced myself and sure enough, after talking to him uh, for, you know, a half hour or so and, and seeing him there every single game, uh, I found out that he was the, the founder of prime sport, which I'm sure you've heard of um, prime sport is a humongous uh, ticketing and hospitality company. So um, Angelo Mazzone was, was the, gentleman I met and sure enough after talking to him for six seven weeks of UCLA games and and some concerts uh, I actually got to go over to his house on Sunset Boulevard and have some dinner with him and and spend a couple hours so 
you know, it's, it's situations like that where I was, you know, picking up mats and tables and chairs and whatever it was. Um, but I somehow got 30 minutes in front of Angelo. He liked me enough. He gave me a, a cake pop here and there, uh, stuck, snuck it off the dessert card and uh, we became friends. So uh, I think that's how some of those things work, right? Exactly, because many of those individuals that have moved through careers to, you know, being noticed, you know, in the streets and the media, they started out exactly that way. And they're willing to reach out. You can imagine how many people were trying to get to Angelo every day, right? Trying to charm an administrative assistant or somebody in his office. And it's like, well, I'd rather see somebody out there doing their job than have them blowing smoke at me over the phone. And so as you're talking to your colleagues um, who are going down this same path with you, what are some of the points that always seem to come up as sticking points or levels of frustration that your friends and colleagues are having as they're going down their career path? I think think one thing that really stands out is, is the ability to connect with um, the higher ups. Right. And, and it's funny, I had this networking conversation with someone where a lot of people try and network up, right. They want to know the CEO, they want to know the president, they want to know the VP. But when you really think about it, if, if you only network up, you know, people like yourself, eventually, you know, you're no longer the president. Um, And there's, you know, tons of other people around you that are eventually moving up into those positions. And so the advice was, and I talk about it with, with some of my colleagues, is how do you network across? And then also, how do you network down? Um, there's people, I've, I've heard of plenty of situations where, you know, if let's say someone was working underneath me, I've got to also network and create relationship with them uh, in a way that they might hire me someday. I, you know, people always would would joke with me about that sometimes and but it's true uh and you have to you have to network with your colleagues that are in the same position or the same level because you don't know where they're going to get and you don't know who they know and uh, I, I think that's a mistake that sometimes a lot of us you know younger folks who are going through the the early parts of our career make is is we only want to know the people that are at the top versus everyone and and really exposing yourself um in that sense Yeah. And I think we all have the example. I don't know if they still do it. Um, But when you're a fourth or fifth grader and, you know, Mrs. Jones asks the question and everybody is like holding their arm up. Oh, I know. I know. I know the answer. I know the answer. Right. And people are, you know, jumping up and down. Please call on me. Call on me. In many instances, character is revealed when nobody's watching or you think nobody's watching. So to that point where uh, individuals always want the spotlight on themselves, um, and there's nothing wrong with self-promotion, but many managers um, are looking for how that person works within their own group uh, and not, uh, oh, I'm here, but I'm about to become you know, the executive VP of X. Well, that doesn't always work that way. And, you know, to your point of 
managing up and managing down. And I don't view that, uh, I don't view the down as being anything negative, but I would tell you uh, two of my own stories when, and I learned this, and I think we talked about it before from a legend in the business, a true legend in the business, a guy named Sonny Werblin, David A. Werblin, who was Ronald Reagan's agent when he was a movie star and then was the chairman of Madison Square Garden Corporation and the guy that drafted Joe Namath at the Jets. So Sonny Werblin, uh, a true um, outstanding uh, major force in sports and entertainment. I would, I worked for him uh, when they owned the Washington Diplomats of the NASL. And in the infrequent times that I was up at the garden where he was headquartered and I walk around with him, I would see him pick up papers and, you know, other stuff and throw it in the garbage. And this is a guy who literally, you know, could have had his own task force of people picking stuff mm -hmm. up, but he did. And he was always walking around. And I remember one time when we were coming into a game and, uh, we were stopped because the genius me didn't have the proper parking credentials. And Mr. Werblin was in the back seat and I went, well, that was nice working for this team. I'll be fired summarily in five minutes. And the security guard was doing his job. Like, sorry, no pass. You don't come through here. And Sonny Werblin, you know, was the kind of person I made a quick decision not to say, do you know who's sitting there <laughs> where people say, you know who I am? Um, which is usually a bad sentence to start any conversation with. And ultimately, we went to another exit, another entrance, and, and got in. And Mr. Werblin said, I want you to make sure um, before this game is over that you go back to that security guard and hand him this $20 bill for doing his job. And that was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned in managing down because that story, you know, I mean, there was not a sort of viral nature of digital communications uh, in 1978 or 1980 when this was, but boy, everybody heard about it pretty darn quickly. Yeah. And it's amazing um, how that works. And I've always seen, those individuals who are millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires, um, when they are friends with everybody, um, it becomes a much po a much more positive organization. And I'm sure you've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, too. even when I was working in the Mariners organization, you have guys that were there that were making $20 million a year, but they would stop and say hi to everyone. You know, it could have been uh, the, the cook in line or it could have been you know, the person that stocked the water fridge. I mean, it was, they, they just took the time and did it. And that's when you, you know, you knew that uh, they were good, genuine people. I think back to your comment about uh, raising your hand in class. I was that guy, except I didn't always have the answer. I just always had a question. So. Uh, questions? No, questions are fine. It's just the person who has every answer, even if it's wrong. 
and and uh, disrupts the class by telling everybody how brilliant. No, they I are. was I was always known as the guy who asked too many questions in class. But you know what? I I'll I'll take that title and run with it. I guess. If you never know the answer, or you <laughs> never, uh, that's not good. But uh, questions uh, again, I think, shows humility and. Again, back to the group of people that, you know, you were going to school with, that you have in your friendship network. Is there anything that you've heard, and you've been around a lot already in a short period of time. I mean, you have a pretty good resume in, in uh, nanosecond. Is there anything that you've heard from any of them which was sort of an aha? I never thought about that. I never heard that from... Fred Clare or Dolish or Pat Gallagher or Bill Schlau or anybody else? Uh, yeah, actually, I was, I was having coffee the other morning uh, with Joe Walsh, who, who is listening, I know for a fact, because he said he was an avid listener, and um, he is the... And a great musician. I love all of his albums. He's like and, fantastic. And, oh, yeah, well, Joe, Joe is the... Uh, VP of HR over at the D-backs and we were talking about the podcast and you know just catching up um, and you know he had said uh, you know it's amazing how many people want the analytics internship or the thing that kind of looks the sexiest on the outside right versus working in HR or working in ticket sales or uh -huh. you know we, we started naming five different departments and it was that aha moment where when you're in the business, you're, you're always grinding. You're, you're kind of head down and, and dealing with, with what comes at you every day. Uh, but when you pick it up and, and you start to think about where all your friends are at uh, in the business and, and you think across the board and I'm like, well, I don't know anyone in HR. I don't know that many people in ticket sales, you know, and you start kind of start running through it and it, and it's true. I mean, there's so much opportunity, um, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of my colleagues from Ohio right now are in sponsorships or um, some area, you know, remotely close to that um, marketing, et cetera. But, you know, there's so many opportunities uh, that you can get into that are still within the sports organization um, and, and the skill sets. You know, that's one thing we we're talking about with skill sets, you know, that really you can generate from all sorts of different positions that ultimately can transfer to pretty much anything across, across the, the uh, organization or a team or a league, et cetera, whatever role you end up in. Um, but I think people are sometimes afraid to get that first experience because they think they're not going to like it. Perfect example. I mean, you think about the level of competition that's out there to be the CMO or the director of marketing and or the director of analytics and metrics, either on the team side or the business side. And then you throw in HR. Now, this isn't anything against HR, but I doubt that it will have the most resumes sent to it for the job, yet it will be the clearinghouse of every resume that comes in for every job. And when you were talking, what better position at the start of a career than to see what the competition looks like? Because it's coming to you. It's not coming to the sales director. That's coming after the HR director sort of 
goes through and does their due diligence or everybody that's coming from Caltech, MIT, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, et cetera, that wants to sit next to the general manager and decide who the next great player is. Another example of sort of counter-programming, going in the different direction than what logic tells you. Well, and you, and you think about it, and I won't steal Joe's thunder because he did agree to be on the on the podcast uh, here soon. But um, you, you think about if you're in a young position, right, and you want to learn about all the different departments, you know, the director of sales, the director of sponsorships, the event management, the facilities person, you, you know, you go down the line, they're all coming to that HR person from a hiring perspective and telling them what's what they're looking for, because that's going to make their department successful. What what better way to learn about, you know, what mm-hmm. it takes or, or what you, what skill sets you have to have to to, you know, be in one of those positions. And that was a an aha moment for me the other day. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, you, you really learn uh, through a position um, that is really exposed to everything. And where are you going to hear about the best jobs at a team, an event, a league, a global sports event than through the director of HR? I think we've, it's a good place maybe to, to end today because, you know, we've talked about going the opposite way, running to chaos and disaster, going to teams that aren't winning, um, not basically following the path most followed. And when you think about it, um, how many times at OU or any other place do you hear today, let's talk human resources? <laughs> not not, not very often. So before we uh, say goodbye to today's section uh, in life in the front office, anything else that you would add as we move into 2019? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the interesting things I, as I was preparing for this episode, I was reflecting on kind of what I've done so far and, and where I'm at. And, and I think back to now starting this podcast, having written the, the book with yourself and, and a few other colleagues and some of the other extracurricular things that I've done along the way. And um, I think people overlook those things sometimes, and I'm not saying go write a book or go start a podcast right away, but it's it's an experience that is different from everyone else. Um, I think there's always ways that you can separate yourself, and as we look to 2019, uh, I would challenge anyone out there that, you know, who is listening and um, has the ambition and, and the drive and the motivation to, to take on something different. You know, I never thought I would ever write a book, but uh, I took the initiative to try and get the right people involved and, you know, interview the, the right people and, and put some uh, ink on paper and it, and it all came together. Uh, and, you know, with the podcast, I mean, we've, we've, we've had some great guests on and, and looking forward to having even uh, more great guests on in, in this year. And, you know, we're looking at releasing one a week and that's our, that's our uh, goal for 2019 is we'll have 52 episodes by the time uh, we're, we're talking at this time in 2020 um, next year. So we're looking at uh, a lot of different diverse, uh, impressive folks to be on the, on the podcast and share their wisdom and insights. And um, I think that, that the challenge for the, for the new year is, you know, do something different, separate yourself and, and, 
think outside the box in that sense uh, because you know it's it's even if it's a failure, it's still a story to tell. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna reterm it thinking outside the trapezoid, <laughs> right? Because everybody is thinking That's outside true. the box. If we we're gonna think outside the trapezoid, um, and I would say the other point is we have so much more uh, topic matter to discuss. For those that are listening to us, if there's something that you think we are completely missing or areas that you would want to talk about or hear about, just let us know. Well, and, so, if, and if you want to discuss um, a topic on our podcast, right, reach out and we'll try and get you on. Exactly. Exactly. So where do we tell people to go? I mean, we don't want to tell them to go, but where do we tell them that they should communicate uh, they with They can us? reach out to uh, myself at lifeinthefrontoffice at gmail.com or find myself on LinkedIn, find Andy on LinkedIn, Fred, Pat, etc. Uh, uh, if you tweet at us at life front office we are expanding the twitter rapidly i think we're approaching 100 followers so we're making some moves here in 2019 and um, we look forward to hearing your suggestions and comments and please follow us on apple podcasts and and leave a rating or review uh preferably a good one but uh we will take anything and uh looking forward to to 2019 andy i appreciate your time today and and you know willingness to talk a little bit about uh, my careers thus far and and ready to launch uh, some more episodes for for the year. At the end of the game on Monday night in Santa Clara at Levi's, who's the national champion? I would like to say that uh, Clemson's going to win, but I just, Nick Saban's got something up his sleeve. I I think it'll be Bama. So hopefully uh, it's a good game and that's all I'm looking forward to. You got it. Thanks again, Jake. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone.